wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die. Hello and welcome to another episode of Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC fan podcast. For some of you, it feels like it's been a bit of a quiet period for the club as they go through their first full week of preseason training, but we got a lot to talk about on today's show. Adama Diamande arrives uh, for TFC. So we're done, right? Everything's good. We don't have to sign anybody else. We're we're good to go, right? Uh, We'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about a record 12 months uh, for MLS signings and outgoing transfers as it seems like the league is becoming, maybe not the league of choice, but at least uh, a league of uh, efficient signing options for teams around the world. And of course, we return with your burning questions uh, from the TFC Live community. Thanks for submitting those. Like I said, a lot to talk about. So let's get into it uh, with my co-host, Jeffrey P. Nesker. Welcome back. It is Happy New Year, even though it is the 16th of January, and we should stop saying that to people. But I haven't seen what you is time. What is time? And I also, yeah, I haven't seen you since. We've both been a little busy. Um, you, you, you got me there. I thought you were going to open with, well, it's uh, it's been a quiet week for TFC transfers. And if you're like us, yes, yes, it has been a quiet week because <laughs> it's difficult to follow it up with lots and lots to talk about. But you know us. Whenever we get, whenever we get to spinning our wheels. Uh, we can find a way to fill an hour. Absolutely. Um, Happy New Year to you also. Um, uh, Two notes just off the top. Do you know how long I've wanted to change that intro so that we got Josie's speech coming in both of our ear holes, but I still haven't done it yet. So I'm going to have to (laughs) amend that pretty soon. And the other was I planned to get a beer, but I didn't get one. So I I, I might be a little upset uh, because I was I was planning to drink a beer over the course of the Ah, show. No worries, man. Well, look, I mean, uh, I think we're both on pretty good highs from the weekend. Uh, Both our Premier League teams won their respective derbies. I I didn't I didn't mention it yet out of respect for the game forthcoming on Thursday. But uh, since since you prompted me, eight points, eight points clear. What do you got to say? We on fire. That's uh, okay, man. When you when you when you trip over the stumbling block, uh, which is Man United again, uh, <laughs> you know, that will uh, that will reel you in and bring you back to a little bit of reality. No, I, obviously, it's going to be a fun show on Monday. It yeah. will be. I mean, look, uh, you know, Arsenal have been fantastic uh, this season. There's, there's sort of no doubt about that. And um, you know, they they took care of Spurs uh, relatively yep. easy on the weekend. Um, as for United, um, hey, we won. I'll take I'll take uh, a probably borderline, not quite borderline offside goal uh, to tie the game. Um, and then it's a win. A they all count. A little, exactly. A little bit of uh, Ganacho magic uh, and uh, a red hot uh, Marcus Rashford. I will take that any yeah, both, time of the day. Both our clubs are super interesting to watch right now. I mean, you're seeing what's happening with Ter Hag. Uh, uh, you know, without having to deal with an ego that maybe no no coach can deal with anymore, um, and getting to see his his sort of team shape up, and and with Arteta, you're seeing the benefit of of patience. I mean, Arsenal is not an easy team to coach uh, without results, and I think this bodes well for when we get into TFC later. But I, you know, my big takeaway with Arsenal was was keeping the faith was so worth it, you know, and I think that that maybe clouds and has clouded my opinion on the Bob Bradley years in Toronto. 
and, and in a way that's not fair because they're very different people. I mean, uh, Mikel Arteta's playing career is is not that far back in the in the rear view, whereas you know Bob Bradley did he even have a playing career? And, and if he did, it was it was certainly wasn't as illustrious as Mikel Arteta's. Um, and then to say to say something about their age, I mean, uh, you know, Arteta's a good twenty years uh, Bob Bradley's junior. So uh, I'm going to try and 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 and, and correct that maybe fallacy in me of, of, of looking at TFC's Bob Bradley experiment through the same lens and trying to preach patience. But with respect to Arsenal, man, that patience is paying off. It's paying some serious dividends. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you want United to follow almost a similar path with Ten Hag, right? You want them to have a bit of patience and realize you're not going to win it all back in, in one season. Um, there's still a lot of signings that need to be made and a lot of dead wood that still needs to be shifted from the club, but it's moving at least on the, on the field, uh, the, in the right direction off the field, mm-hmm. uh, potentially moving in the right direction, um, uh, depending on who the club gets sold to, but that's another podcast <laughs> for another day. Yeah. Yeah, um, indeed. Indeed. And it, it needs to be mentioned that Chris Funk comes in with a, with a howler again. Bob Bradley also didn't have Pat mentoring him. No, LOL. Is which is fair. Which hey, is fair. Sh- yeah, yeah. was uh, was a, an American coaching legend in his own right. Um, but yes, no no Pep Guardiola True. by, any, by True. any stretch of the imagination. But uh, let's get into TFC talk. Uh, let's Jeff. go. Let's go. Um, TFC welcome a new signing uh, last week, signing uh, Adama Diamande. Uh, from Norway, I uh, was playing with Stabek. No, no, sorry, not Stabek. Um, uh, now I'm forgetting his Norwegian club that he signed from. Um, but he signed on a free. Uh, he was actually let go, um, apparently because of injuries. So again, one of those little uh, red flags that uh, TFC fans will need to take a look at. But prior to that, um, had a pretty successful stretch here in MLS with LAFC under Bob Bradley. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, if you take a look at his uh, career goal scoring. Uh, record, it's it's incredible. He scored more than half his goals under the tutelage of Bob Bradley. Um, so clearly there's something that has worked between the two players in the past, and they're hoping to sort of rekindle that here at TFC. I guess, you know, Jeff, just off you, the initial impressions uh, of the signing, sort of what are you kind of seeing as, you know, role? Do you like this signing? Um, you know, I don't think anybody's shouting to the rooftops about it, but, um, you know, it, it's another depth piece and experienced depth piece at striker. I mean, Chris Fung was asking when did the bad Diamande pun start and Axis of Evil gave us one right off the hop, which is, have we found a Diamande in the rough? Lame joke, I know. No, <laughs> uh, bring, him, bring, him, bring him, bring him, bring him. Listen, uh, good depth signing. Uh his his record is certainly their nice numbers to look at, but it ain't 2018 anymore. Uh, both for for the uh, for you know Bob Bradley for for MLS and and for Adama Diamande, uh, it 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 ain't it ain't 2018 anymore. And and so this comes with a lot of baggage. And then when you compound that with the fact that you know he was released or mutually. Uh, agreed to terminate his deal or whatever the case may be with his with his previous club based on injury concerns i mean he's perfect for toronto fc <laughs> it's uh it's a wild one yeah. right because yes yeah. uh, again uh, to me it, it's one of those things where look i don't know if you lose a lot by signing him right if he comes in and he can do a job and bag a few goals for you then great right uh mm. whether he starts a few games comes off the bench a few games like uh, look his role at lafc generally was to be a super sub that's true or not maybe even a super sub just uh, you know a regular sub 
uh, yeah, for LAFC yeah. at the striking position. But he he did bag a lot of important goals for LAFC while he was. Oh, I remember his time. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and yeah. I think that you know for TFC depth right now is just something they need to focus on. Like obviously, a lot of people and we talked about it last week on the show with Michael Singh about how we use that last DP spot and do you use it on a nine and is it a young DP or do you get somebody experienced? I think right now TFC kind of need to focus on just getting quality depth in the team. Uh, And look, I think he's somebody who can push Jesus Jimenez and Io. Now what that means for the two of them will be an interesting conversation. And we probably should have that because uh, you now have, you know, between Io, Jesus, Adama, you still have Jordan Peruzzo around, you sign Mbong, right? So uh, again, you don't figure that those two young players are going to figure into the the first team, but they are signed first team deals. So, Mm -hmm. you know, where does that leave your two sort of main guys from last year when you bring in somebody like Diamande? It's funny because I made, as a precursor, I made a plus minus uh, pros cons list for for this signing right and i'm just looking over my 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 pros and it's it's all the same word salad right competition for minutes mentoring for jesus and io you know his past experience with bob mls comes cheap right yeah i mean we can we can agree on all those and i i do think there's a fair point that you know tfc finds themselves in a position um where warm bodies are kind of the rule of the day uh, and I don't, I don't think it's fair to dismiss this player as a warm body, uh, simply, simply as a consequence of his experience with Bob Bradley, right? That that definitely raises his cachet uh, a, a, a fair margin, but it does feel tiresome, the same old, same old. And and you know, TFC needs depth, absolutely, but um, we are. It, it does kind of feel like you know this move is in the. It, it's not. It does. It's not the right position for such a sort of safe move because we have such obvious problems with our with our striker core and and it, it it's you know more money that's going away from fixing other problems that we have so it, it almost feels like a distraction and, that, and i think that's the the nicest of the bad things that i have to say about him so you know here we go let me just let me just run through my bullet go for points, it go right? for it um age obviously the guy's on the wrong side of 30 yeah uh rust and injury prone um, he hasn't played in a while. Um, nope. now he, you know, he's played in MLS before, but like I said, that, that isn't a blanket, uh, just because you played in MLS at one time, isn't a blanket plus a and B, it might even be a negative because if you're talking about somebody that like left MLS at MLS 2.5 and then comes back at MLS 3.8 or whatever the case may be, it may actually be a bit of a detriment, right? Like, I don't think we can just automatically tag you know, MLS experience in any context is a plus anymore. I just, I just don't. The league is growing that is too true. quickly. And then the, this revolves around Bob Bradley. And I know we're going to talk a lot about Bob Bradley, but, you know, when Ali Curtis came, we were all talking about that great big Rolodex. We were talking about the big binder that he had with all of the things that he wanted to prove when he ran a club and that huge Rolodex that came out of his experience at the league office working with the Red Bulls organization, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, ad infinitum, right? 
you know, when push came to shove, what did all of that get us? It got us Chris Armas as coach. You know, when when the chips when the hey, chips Chris were Armas really down, found a way to Man United. Like, yeah. as much as we we but, could but, get on, but yeah, but but not, but not but not to stress the point when the chips were down, all of those, all of that great Rolodex, the great Rolodex, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, got us with some also ran. And the chips were down. I mean, we were without a coach and in, 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 a, in basically uh, marooned in, in, you know, in Cleveland or somewhere else, wherever, or, or uh, um, uh, where were we playing again? <laughs> we were playing uh, oh, Hartford, uh, Hartford, Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Why did I say Cleveland? Um, you know, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling that same kind of trepidation now with, with the new gaffer slash sporting director, right? You know, Bob came with a pedigree this guy's got uh you know he's got contacts he's he's coached in the international game he's coached in the club game he's been overseas he's been to europe etc etc but what starts happening when 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 the you know there starts to be some real pressure uh you know we're signing mark anthony k now again you know toronto loves the guy etc etc but Let's not forget Mark Anthony Kay is somebody that Bob has experience with. Now we're signing somebody else that Bob has experience with. And it looks like everybody that Bob has experiences with that is going to pick up the phone is north of 30 and not playing competitive minutes anywhere. So like how good really are his contacts? Because, you know, again, this can't be the ceiling. And if this isn't, if this is the ceiling, then we're in, we're in trouble. Yeah. I I hear what you're saying, but I think, it you just know, smells I, like Ali Curtis. I think that's where I where I yeah. I look, I, I yeah. think I, it's funny because you brought this up during your comments around Arsenal, and I'll kind of pull it mm. back to to Bob Bradley. And we do have a question about this in, in burning question, so I don't want to spend too long on it because we will yeah, yeah, yeah. talk about this a little bit later. But it doesn't give you pause. That like it, it, no, again, it does. It does. Like, yeah, okay. it, it for sure gives me pause. Like I like it. it you know, I, I want to be patient with Bob Bradley because look what he came into last year mm. was tire fire is kind in terms sure. of the roster and what it was and what needed to be done to clean it up. And they did all of that in one tr- January transfer window, right? They got rid of everybody. Now, of course that kind of got glossed over by the fact at the same time as they were dumping everybody, they then signed Lorenzo mm-hmm. Insigne and that gets announced in January and everybody kind of has a new shiny toy to look forward to. Right. Um, you don't have that this time around, right? There, there is mm-hmm. no big magic signing coming, right? There's going to be incremental moves here and there to try to bolster uh, the roster, obviously find a few starting positions. Um, but it, I still want to give Bob Bradley a bit of the benefit of the doubt in terms of... I, absolutely. absolutely. I think, But I think and, some of the things that you brought up are are legitimate in terms of well, the fact yeah, that some of me... his findings are a little bit so far, uh, you know, and again, you can't really put Bernadeschi and Insigne and Crescito really on him. That's not really, no. That's a really that's a Manning signings. transfer market. That's move. a Manning yeah, yeah. thing, right? So, like, yeah. realistically, he hasn't made a ton of signings outside of really getting Mark Anthony K, um, and then obviously leveraging a previous experience with Richie Larea. This will be the offseason mm-hmm. that really tells. You know, I, I believe in as sure. the coach side. I didn't know about mm-hmm. the director of football GM side. Yeah. That's the side that I think everybody can have 
are, are, are it's valid for you to have a moment of pause and say like is this really the guy for that role well because because and i've been i've been sucking this back for like the last two minutes trying not to interrupt you because i've, I've got it so eloquently in my head but like put yourself in his shoes it's not like it was a secret he was walking into when he took the tfc gig right yeah. his son is the captain of the team wouldn't that be i mean if it was me wouldn't that moment be the be the the absolute nexus point of when I pull out all the stops. Like the second I sit down and I put my, you know, I put my nameplate on my new desk is when I'm going, Hey, I'm at my new job and I've got an open checkbook right now. Right. I, I think doesn't. it's a little, and again, and again to qualify, but, but even then, but even then, don't you think, and I, I should have prefaced it by saying MLS because mm -hmm. MLS, but even then would you, wouldn't you be thinking that he'd made those calls at the outset you know hey i can't give you the world but i can give you this and this and this and also we're buddies we used to drink miller lights on the porch together kind of thing sure i don't i don't know if i believe that now he's capable of making calls that he wasn't making on at rebuild stage one right like i i if you had to if you had a gun to my head and you said do you does he have more moves to make or has he made them 10 out of 10 i'm gonna say he's made those moves already and that's why this feels kind of scrambling. It's like, hey, what's my old buddy Adam, uh, uh, Adama doing, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I will say this before I forget. Yeah. This is great ammunition for the Bob Bradley out crowd because his name is now all over some of these moves. And if it doesn't work, the, there is a very – it isn't six degrees of separation back to the to the cause here it's one degree of separation right and this 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 it doesn't fill in with a lot of it i'm i'm aware i mean we talk about until we're blue in the face of of the difficulties of, of building a roster in mls the fact that tfc doesn't have nearly as much money as we think they do the fact that they're not going to splash more cash i mean you and mike said it last week very eloquently at a certain point, somebody in the boardroom is going, hey, wait, you, you want what now? <laughs> you, you missed the playoffs for two seasons. It's not yeah. it's not happening. Do it. You know, and, and these aren't soccer people. They're 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 numbers crunchers. So they're going to be like, no, it's 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 not happening. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I'm a little I'm a little concerned. I'm yeah, a little concerned. And again, I think this is all reasonable. I do think, though, that. I don't think he's in terms of moves out by far his club is not done. I think the concerning mm. aspect for a lot of fans is the pace of which these uh, signings are coming. Now, of course, Toronto FC has been better over the last, I'd say six to seven years of not leaking a ton of signings and not leaking a ton of stuff, unless it's like already done, right? Essentially mm -hmm. for okay. getting leaks, it's essentially done. It's just legalities that need to get set up and then they announce the signing, right? But generally speaking, yeah. you're not getting a lot of leaks of players who have not fully signed yet or, you know, are, are still just considering it like we did in the old days. So I think for a lot of fans, we're kind of used to, oh, we're hearing about something. Another player's coming up. They're always in the news. Mm -hmm. It's been fairly radio silent for the most part, right? Like I know- um, I mean, how how do you follow last off season, right? We're not, it, it's we, pretty yeah. clear- we're not signing Lorenzo Insigne. Well, Fabrizio Romano isn't season. putting us in his mouth anymore, yeah. right? Like that's exactly. Just that, exactly. And, and that's what we kind of started getting like, oh, we're going to be that club again. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that's tough for some people, right? Because we do have some glaring holes that need to get fixed. And and one of those is figuring out what to do with Striker. So we got Ayo mm -hmm. and we got Jesus Jimenez. Personally, mm -hmm. I think 
that it will make sense for the club to probably trade Ayo. Um, and then, and that's simply because within MLS, he is a valuable asset. He is a U22 initiative player. You know, it, it's yes, his on the book salary is 600,000, but on the cap, it's only 200,000. So, hmm. you know, you get a reclamation project on the cheap, still a young player, still has a lot of uh, upside and potential to grow. And TFC can either get back GAM or maybe even get back a player if so inclined. So I think that might be the move. But of course, you still have that open number, our DP spot. And that open mm-hmm. DP, DP spot may end up still being a number nine. And we don't know what they're going to do with it. There hasn't been a lot of chatter about how that number nine will get used other than, you know, the the thought that we talked about last week, which is use it for a young designated player and open up a lot mm-hmm. more opportunities for you to sign players. But like we kind of said, TFC don't have really a track record of doing um, U22 or U23 sort of big signings outside of Jefferson Soteldo, and that didn't really go mm-hmm. that well. So No, it didn't. It didn't. Um, you know, I liked Singh's shout of a DP left back to, to insulate Insigne, and the, and the more I think about it, the more I actually really, really, really like it. Um, back to Io. I mean, let me ask you, do you think – do you – are you done with him? Do you think he's never going to recapture that spark? No, I am not done did? with Io. I, I personally, uh, I, from an uh, from an asset straight, if you take the football out of it, just look at the asset perspective of things. It it would make sense to maybe move him in a deal if you need to get another piece, whether it's a starting left sure. back, sure, or if you get a, need to get a starting That's center fair. back or something like that. Okay, mm-hmm. I can live with that. If that does not materialize, I am for sure not done on Io Akinola as a striker. Do I think he's going to end up being a MLS golden boot winner? Probably not. Um, hmm. But it's okay if you end up finding and developing a MLS lifer that is a decent sort of, I don't know if, uh, I'm probably maybe more skilled than Will Bruin, but you know, you know what Will, you know yeah. what Will Bruin did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's won three MLS cups, right? Uh, on teams that end up being uh, being a a piece in a team, right? And and that yeah. is just as important as finding a golden boot winner or signing a DP sometimes in this particular yeah. league. So no, I'm not done with Io. Do I think his time at TFC might be up because of just the way his contract works and sort of the asset mix? Probably. I, but then again, uh, you know, it could very well be Jesus Jimenez out the door, right? A team in Europe mm-hmm. might want to buy him, or a team in Mexico might want to pick him I up. I mean, they, they've they've regressed to to such a point that I think right now it's a fire sale on them. Like you said yourself, a reclamation project. Um, the reason why, I mean, listen, I, I think I've quoted Matt Doyle saying this more than I've ever quoted anything Matt Doyle said ever. But at the conclusion of the of the, our our season. He said he'd be perfectly okay, and he's and he's repeated this a bunch of times. He'd be perfectly okay with TFC uh, maintaining their strike core, and this is before Adama became uh, a, a reality. You know, I do think there's some merit to that, and I'm going to sound like a crazy person because hope is the greatest drug of all. But a full preseason with our two Italian superstars, proper drilling, proper team building exercises. You know, maybe they get it, you know, maybe, maybe has, uh, and I'm also saying this because I, I, you know, I finally bought FIFA 23, even though I want to wait until it's free every year. And then I eventually just buy it. But 
Jesus Jimenez shreds in FIFA 23. He's unbelievable. He's yeah. absolutely insanely well, here's the amazing. Thing about Jesus he Jimenez, shreds. which is crazy. He's he's amazing. If you if you if you force him to to track back on on defense, he's he's like he's like a he's a center back in the middle of the park. It's ins- he's so good. But but reg- regardless of that, I do think you know let's put some energy into the hope column, and the hope column is you know. Our Italian superstars get properly drilled in Bob Bradley and Bradley ball and Bobby ball or whatever the hell you want to call it. And they, and that chemistry that we were expecting to happen automatically because we're idiots and we undervalue everything happens as a consequence of a proper preseason. So for me, I think, yeah. And again, access, I agree. This is real life, but you know, this is also a fantasy. These people are play- kicking a ball for a living, you know, yeah, but I, mean? I will and, say and this. Want. Like Jesus mm-hmm. Jimenez, again, the first half of the season, Jesus Jimenez last year, that guy's still in there somewhere, right? Like that guy was, mm-hmm. in, that wasn't just a magic, oh, it just happened and he never was like that. Prior to him coming here, he had that kind of goal scoring sort of prowess yeah. in Europe. So that guy exists. He he is in there. And and it is true to, to your point, you know, if they get a full preseason and he can finally, because clearly you know, his connection with Alejandro Pozuelo was, was more preferable than exactly. And that's what worked with him. Obviously once Insigne and Bernadeschi came here, they did not click, right. It just did not click in terms of spacing. He would take up spaces where Insigne was, he would drop Mm -hmm. deep and, and you need somebody to be focal when they're the wingers, you know? And I think that if you get a full preseason with them together, you might unlock Maybe not the yeah. exact same goals because, like, that goal scoring pace that he was on in the first half of the season, let's be real, like, that was always going to drop off at some point. Yeah, no, it was, but I mean, unless not, I'm playing not in as, FIFA not 23, one in yeah, 22, yeah. <laughs> you know, pace, yeah. but you thought it was going to drop off a little bit. If he can find somewhere in the middle of that, I think you have somebody who could be a decent striker, considering you still have Bernadeschi and Insigne probably helping out with the goals as well. So, you may not need, as yeah. I said a lot of times, you may not need enough DP number nine to make this work. Right. You just need yep. somebody who can find a way to connect with those guys and play. And with a full offseason, you might find that out of Jesus Jimenez. But, 100%. Um, but in terms of sort of other things that are happening in this offseason, you know, there mm. might be a new center back in the works. Uh, Sigurd Rosted has been in the news lately, at least one in, of my favorite uh, bands. I love the one where they do the song <laughs> with the fake Icelandic. That's that's fantastic with the language that they make. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But I uh, had to get that in. Yeah, yeah, everybody's been getting that in. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like it's been reported in his native uh, Norway. It's been reported in Denmark as well. Uh, he is a center back that plays for Bronby uh, in the Danish league. Apparently he is on his way or this is pretty much agreed. Uh, again, hmm. these are just rumors, so we don't know for sure if it's for sure done, but it seems yep. like it, um, you know, six foot from- two inches. 28 he's, years old. He's a big boy. Yeah, let's he's go. A big boy. But, um, you know, mm-hmm. again, a lot of people, you know, just I have never seen him play. Um, but from those who have said, you know, he's reliable. Nothing spectacular. Yep. You're not you're not getting somebody who's going to necessarily be, you know, a defender of the year type caliber. But sometimes you just need a guy who's solid. Uh, and yep. that seems yep. to be what he is. So I just, you know, if he's the, we signed a defender coming, of the year caliber defender. Well, that's I don't know point, if we need right? another one, you know? Well, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I think they definitely need another center back like Matt Hedges. Oh, no, agreed. But I just don't know if they need another Matt Hedges. Like, would you, True. would you want a team with two Drew Moores? 
You know, no. I, I think that that's you, one. Drew you Moore need too somebody many, to so. be able to run back and yeah. chase guys. Exactly. Um, exactly. So I guess, you know, at that point, is he competing for a starting job uh, with Lucas McNaughton or with Shane O'Neill? I would suspect those are the two guys that he's battling um, for minutes with. Uh, but if he does come in, that probably rounds out your center back core. And then it mm-hmm. gets to, uh, you know, uh, you know, somebody had asked, we didn't put this in burning questions, but uh, left back, which is the next most prominent role yeah. that needs to get filled. Somebody asked really if you have a name. I don't have a name. I know you're. I know you and Michael might be into the DP left back situation. I am not. It, but... it makes sense, man. Oh, I mean, I... we. I mean, you. You. It, you know, when you buy the when you buy the Lamborghini, you accept that you're never buying regular unleaded again. That you're only buying premium gasoline for that car, regardless of 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 you know the fluctuation of gas prices. So with the same logic, you know, you've got a Lamborghini up top. Uh, you really don't want to platoon him with a with a Lada. Uh, I I do think you need to spend some money there. Yeah, but you spend uh, the money on the tires, not on like you know you spend the money on the tires, not on like the coverings for the side mirrors, right? Like to me, that's I I I I mean you know and and Axis and and the chat are saying it. You know, Vasquez might help in a lot of these ways. You know, especially. His, his kind of passing vision, it, it might be just unbelievable. And we may sidestep the idea of building from the flanks to the flanks to sort of holding it in the middle. But at the end of the day, I do, th- I do think there's merit in what, in what Mike Singh is saying um, simply because you don't want to see Lorenzo and Signe cutting as frustrated a figure around these parts next season as you did for times this season. It's not good for our hearts. It's not good for his heart. It's, it's just, it's bad. All it's badness all around. And, and, you know, the modern game is all about attacking fullbacks. So this isn't like a C, a CBDP. This is, I mean, we, we happen to know a, a left back of some esteem who plays for a certain national team, maybe one of the best young left backs in the world, if not the best left back in the world, who's a monumental attacking threat. And his name is Lucas Hernandez. No, his name is Alfonso Davies. But, but, uh, you know, who's like, he is pretty good. I lost his spot to Alfonso Davies. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Um, yeah, I, I, the more I think about it, the more I, I, I think it's a great idea. Um, but again, we, we find ourselves in a situation of going into preseason with, with half to a, to, you know, one third of a team, which is unfortunate, which by the way, was my gift to you in terms of segue into our next topic <laughs> into into the uh, <laughs> continuing sean johnson watch mm. um and, and this is an interesting one because obviously we talked about last week he was at uh the toronto Raptors I hate game this. courtside uh last sunday against the blazers uh and you, like we said on the show like a lot of people have said out there get him a courtside generally speaking that usually is deal done Mm-hmm. We haven't heard it's gone radio silent since other than a tweet from Tom Bogert uh, at MLSsoccer.com just saying that basically it's between us and NYCFC. There has been some European interest, but he's turned down offers from Europe. So it looks like he's staying in the league. Um, but are we getting a little a little antsy that we haven't necessarily heard anything from the I'm a little campaign? I'm a little antsy pre hearing anything post the, the snips at the ACC or whatever the hell they're calling it now, Scotiabank 3.8 or whatever. Um, because you and I both heard the same rumor uh, that he was approached 
much earlier in the offseason, yep. and he gave a resounding no. I do not like circling back. I do not like it. Sam, I am. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like it. And again, this less than 20 minutes ago, I was talking about what I see as a weakness in overall recruiting, and I don't think Bob is helping and contributing in some ways. Where are all the goalkeepers that that he knows? I mean, there is Sean Johnson is not the only goalkeeper on planet Earth. Um, you know, no, but he's going to be the, the fact- he's going to be the number one target, right? And obviously, but I yes, it does. It begs a question. You know, what, what are we doing between him saying no and then us us whining and dining him? That's you know true. what I mean? What was it only ever one target? If so, that's crazy sauce. Like that's crazy sauce. Um, that it fills me with dread. It fills me with dread in the same way that the Adama signing fills me with dread. We seem to, you know, we're a big ambitious club with all this spending power, but when push comes to shove, it's Chris Armas and Adama Diamande and, and, you know, and this and that and this. And I don't like the dichotomy between those two statements, right? You know, because, because we're sitting here going, what do you want our club to do in terms of signing a goalkeeper? Well, you know, let's, Let's look under the floorboards at some at some second tier clubs in Europe. You know, we have the power to do it. Well, do we? Uh, because the proof is in the pudding. I mean, we're aggressively chasing a guy that said no to us. Um, it, it just it just it it fills me with a very bad taste in the mouth. I got to be well, again, I don't again, like it. it goes back to the point earlier, right? Like the pace of which these signs are happening is a little concerning because Okay, if John, if you go to Sean Johnson after the World Cup and say, "Hey, you know what? We'd love to sign you. Here's here's an initial number," and he's like, "Nah, it's okay. I'm staying at NYCFC. I'm really loyal. I'm happy. I'm the captain. I I want to stay there." And the mm-hmm. only reason you're circling back is because NYCFC is probably not giving you the money that you want, um, or, or giving you sort of the term that you want. And you're like, "Okay, well, you know, TFC will pay me, right? Like it, that. Yeah. That I get that concern." Um, my question is always what happens if target one doesn't happen right now? You're kind of, you're kind of backed up against the wall and yes, I'm sure they have other uh, targets in mind that are, that are on a list somewhere, but when it's so now public and has, and let's be real, it's been public ever since the season ended uh, or NYCFC season ended that TFC are probably going to make a run at Sean Johnson. Um, as you know, are every other team in the league right, that has exactly a, that has right. A so like period. people know that, right. And once mm. you don't get your target, then you can kind of be held a little bit to ransom because now they know you're getting a little desperate. Um, and, <coughs> Chelsea hundred million. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, I got, I got a, I got a, you know, eight <laughs> NFT to sell you now. Right. Like it's, yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. It, exactly. It's one of those things where, you you get a little concerned about just just the overall way that these signings are sometimes being approached, and if you're you get saying Sean Johnson, in, great, yeah. obviously, then great. The tactic works. I still think you want him a little bit earlier, but clearly he's going to take his time to make his mind up on where he wants to play next. Right, that's part of sure. it too. Right, but he's that, playing but the that, long I mean, game. Of course, but but are we playing any game? Because we seem to be still in the market for a guy that said no to us, that we're still whining and dining. You know, if you look at the chat, it's exploding because people are saying an article was released today suggesting Romero was brought in to be the number one. He is that, not brought in to be the number one. Okay. Not okay. What was goal, our goalkeeping agreed? Our defense was dire last season, but our goalkeeping was absolute shit. Oops, sorry, I, I, I bleeped the wrong yeah. word. <laughs> 
Good job. <laughs> our, our, uh, our, yeah, don't hire me to do that, everyone. Um, but but like, if that's the move, and and then damage control is coming out and saying, no, this guy's our number one, leading into a season off the back of such woeful goalkeeping. And let's not forget, both of our woeful goalkeepers were snapped up by other teams in MLS, so they obviously rank them in to some degree. I mean, I think their time with us was done. Um, that speaks even further to this malaise that I that I seem to be um, uh, harping on, harping on this week. Right? This 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 feeling. I think it's natural. This this let, let me go macro for a second. I think it's natural when your club doesn't make a ton of moves for you to wonder if anybody's driving the bus, right? Such as I'm doing right now. And I think that that's a fair reaction. Um, my problem is, is that this should be a lot easier. I mean, you're looking at it. Sure. MLS is weird and that we've got salary caps rules and blah, blah, blah to navigate. But, you know, we've been doing this since 2007 and, you know, in 2017, we did it to some success. So it's not like um, we've never, we haven't figured out the intricacies of MLS. Um, you know, we had targetable areas of need at the end of last season, like written it writ large. Like it was basically a checklist. It was, it was a grocery list. It was, this is what you need. This is what you need. This is what you need. You know, forget about personality, forget about locker room fit. This is what you need to, to feel the team. <laughs> And we're nowhere close to that yet. So, so the, the, this, this, this sort of cautiousness doesn't, doesn't, it just, it doesn't, you know, these are not ambitious signings. Yeah. I I, look, no. And clearly we talked about last week, right? The the budget in Mm -hmm. terms of what is going to be provided to TFC to make some of these things is just not going to be there. Right. The same way it's been in the past. And that's fine. Um, but as you said, the fact that you trade a left back in Luca Petrasso, then, then somebody retires slash not retires mm-hmm. and leaves at left back. And then you have no, 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 nobody, literally no yeah. one there to play the role, yeah. either there or really in no the sense. academy. Like I know uh, yeah. Femi and Tagalu can play there. But that's not really where you want to put. We just did that last year and that didn't work out that well. Yeah. So, you know, from that perspective, the fact that it is taking as long to find that left back solution. I mean, I think in the end of the day, they may end up playing Richie Larea as an inverted left back and put I, I see it. Marco I see it as a right back. That mm-hmm. might be and, what and they do. At least start free Caden Chung. I mean, like you sit, he's right there. He's right there. Just, yeah. just playing. I, I got my thoughts on Caden Chung. I don't think he's yeah. really here at this level yet, but that, that's fine. Mm. Um, but like, I get it. I, I, for a lot of fans, I understand the, who, uh, what Richie, Richie right Larea, now? by the way, the guy that we've only got until July as, right, as exactly right. The as time of, right of this now. broadcast. I mean, yeah, yeah. Again, mm. Michael thinks he's confident that it's something will get worked out. This is, but this I is what mean, I mean. Not, this right? is what, I, this is, this is what I mean. Like, like we have needs, you know, why isn't sporting director Bob Bradley calling every prospect for the Egyptian national team or even the Swansea Academy or, or all, you know what? Like those require transfer fees and we aren't going to pay a big transfer fee for a player right now. We're just not like, that's just not T that's TFC is like, look, Bob's kind of made it clear. I think the way that these signings are coming in has made it clear. The, the mm. board, at least for this season, is not going to be giving, you know, the, the checkbook to go spend transfer fees or to bring in 
um, even players with super high salaries right now. That's just not where they're going. So we're going to have to go a little value hunting. And we haven't had to do that in quite a bit, right? We haven't had to go out and, and do that kind of value because we can be like, okay, we can go and get a guy that is over, you know, max ham money or is over the, the, the senior minimum and buy them down mm. with gam. We can't, it doesn't look like right now, unless we go and get a young DP in that case and show some salary savings in that way, in terms of the roster budget, um, right. that's not in the works. So, you know, they're going to sort of value bin hunt. Kneecap right the team. Kneecap the team. I well, mean, I mean, I think I think they just put the priorities in other places, right? The priorities right now is to solidify the midfield and solidify the attack and, you know, shore up the center backs and then the wing backs will get sorted. And and that mm. seems to be where they're going. Now, of course, this could all change, right? Like next week, they could have somebody in mind or maybe they just say, forget it. We're going to go after Sam Adekube or something like that and pay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I doubt it, right? Because his team in Turkey are, are right now in a relegation scrap and are going to ask for a decent um transfer fee for him but um i just don't see that big move coming so they're going to have to get creative as bob Mm Bradley mentioned they're going to have to get creative in some of these signings um and 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 in terms of being able to feel the team right like or feel at least a starting 11 that's going to be a starting 11 yeah people need to be competitive right because look as much as I actually don't think this team right now as constructed is necessarily a slam dunk playoff team. Um, the expectation will be for this team to compete for a playoff spot. Um, yeah. And the expectation will be that if Bob doesn't figure it out and I say, I should put air quotes, if Bob doesn't figure it out this year, he's, he's gone. Well, you know, if we don't give him, and and this is the problem with, with, with coaches that are kind of a cult of personality, you know, their get out jail free card is, well, I didn't have the backing of the board. Well, you know, we spent, you know, tens of millions of dollars last year. And you're saying because we can't get, you know, this one left back. This, this is why, again, I'm going back to this. You know, if Bob, if Bob's mea, mea culpa in a year when it doesn't work out in TFC Saxon is, well, I didn't get the support of the board. My counter is when you had the board support, this was a free ride for the Adama Diamandes of, of the, you know what I mean? Like you, di- you didn't do enough. Uh, you know, you, you're saying you need to be creative, but where's the creativity in calling up your old friend? Like, you, you know, if your feet are in the are on the fire, then let's see these kind of creative decisions, right? Sean Johnson is not the only goalkeeper in the world. It's it's almost an insult to the badge that we're fawning, we're simping over this guy so badly. You know, don't we have a scouting network? Like. You know, he's <laughs> like, seriously, right? Like, wrong. Where, where's, where's option number two? So, so yeah, like, you know, and then, and then you see them selling Petrasso, which he brought up and has been brought up in the chat, which makes absolutely no sense. I, I mean, the only reason it, well, the only reason it makes sense is because he was the only player that anybody wanted to have anything to do with because the other guys on the list had all regressed so horribly in the, in the play, the kids experiment. But even then, you know, you, you've got, there's no depth at, at that position. And then, and then Krishito leaves and you've got zero people that are naturally able to play that position. It speaks to a lack of foresight. And when everything the club is saying that they need to do involves that kind of foresight, but everything they do speaks to a lack of it. I think it's time to start getting worried because the, 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 the end result doesn't match the messaging and the, you know, they're responsible for both. 
So what's going on, right? For like, sure. For sure. Yeah, Let, let's yeah. come back. Let's put a pin and come back mm-hmm. to this because in the burning questions, we're going to kind of touch on this again. Yeah. But I yeah. do want to talk a little bit about the league as a whole in terms of science because mm, we're talking go. about TFC and we're talking about, you know, the fact that their their pacing of their signings is not great. Well, that's not the that's not like a, you know, that's not it's just it seems to be really segmented to TFC. Everybody else yeah. seems to be able to They're an outlier. signings right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this window has kind of showed that with a lot of, I won't call them like massive signing, but what I'll call is, is a next level of signing in the league that is 100%. really interesting to watch both, both incoming transfers and signings and outgoing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to really talk just quickly about um, what MLS is kind of doing right now and some of the trends that are happening in terms of signings. Cause it's really interesting and clearly teams are starting to take advantage of young DPs and the U22 initiative, which I'm going to start banging my drum on for TFC to use a lot more, um, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. won't do that right, right now. But I will bring up a, a signing that I think is an example of how clubs can use this to either bolster their roster or find a star, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's Stipe Bayuk, if I'm pronouncing his last name wrong, somebody in the chat correct me. Um, but they they got him from Hayduk Split um, in the Croatian mm-hmm. League and brought him over to LAFC. And this is a young... Tidy uh, business. U, a U22 player, so not a young DP at all, but a U22 player... Um, that is was projected to be pretty high in Croatia and probably go off to a team in Europe, but uh, LAFC was willing to pay for him. And I think what this does is, okay, if he turns out to be a star, amazing, right? He turns out mm-hmm. to be a 20-goal scorer in the league and you could sell him off for big money, awesome. If he doesn't, and just say he turns out to be an average or, or, or better than average striker uh, in MLS then you still are able to move him either in the league for good gam, uh, yeah. gam but gam, mm-hmm. or, you know, you end up moving him again to Europe or somewhere else for a decent fee. And I think yep. that's, and that's what we're seeing a lot more of in terms of signings. Yes. Of course you get your Gareth Bales here and there and your Chiellini's and your Insigne's and things like that. But these sort of underlying moves, there's been a lot more of them in MLS this year, whether it's, pulling players from Europe, the pipeline, the pipeline mm-hmm. from Argentina right now is ridiculous. Um, it feels yep. like you're signing every week. There's another player coming from San Lorenzo or Rosario or from, from Boca mm-hmm. or from Newell's or something like that. Um, and, and it, it, I just wonder in terms of your thoughts on, you know, the, the incomings, the I love outgoings, it. what do you, what do you think? I love it because, because it's the evolution of the league and we get to watch it. Right. You know, the, the first teams that that made the, the modern inroads into South America, I'm talking about Atlanta United, right? We're, we, it was such a sensation that everybody else in MLS, despite the fact that we're all soccer people, we're like, everything out of Paraguay is going to be a slam dunk, which is crazy naive. And, and it, speak, it spoke to the naivety of the league. I mean, remember, T, even TFC was like, let's go, let's go check out what's going on over there. Um, MLS is now getting smarter. There more and more of these deals are happening. And remember, they all go through the same place, right? They're all going through head office. So yeah. there's much more of an institutional knowledge of how uh, of, of, of the deals and et cetera. And also, I hate to say it, most teams have way better scouting departments than we do. And you're starting to see that uh, really take shape. And they're also more confident than we are. And I think that that's fair. LAFC have hit a lot more than they've missed. So they're willing to take more 
flyers. They trust their network more. Um, they fostered better relationships with their network and they've been able to, they, they've been able to sell on for value. I mean, look at, look at what's going, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of jump up here, but like, yeah. you know, the most impressive beast piece of business to me, this off season hasn't been incoming. It's been outgoing. Teams are making a killing, an absolute killing. Now what this says to their rosters as they go in, hopefully it means TFC is going to be competitive as promised because every other team's fielding uh, uh, an island and misfit toys. But, but you know, it's been crazy. And here's my question that I'm going to ask to you because it is an outlier, the amount of outbound transfers that are happening this off season versus others. And I don't, I think I have a suspicion as to why, but I'm going to ask you, do you think it's the rise of MLS or do you think it's the rise of MLS based players that showed well at the world cup, which just happened to end right before our preseason began, that's contributing to this massive in increase in, in, in player sales brought. Yeah. It's, I think it's a little bit of both, but I really think it is the, the rise of the league. I think, as much as we like to sometimes in our own domestic market crap on the league, um, mm -hmm. in terms of its reputation around the world, it's actually increased quite a bit. Um, I and, I, and you look at like today's deal, right? That is John Duran from Chicago, uh, Chicago Fire, who tore Chris Mavinga apart uh, oh, last yeah. season. That and was your pick for uh, worst worst play, I think. It yeah, was, worst play was just just him yeah, yeah, yeah. missing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, just is now going to Villa for twenty for up to twenty two million pounds. Yeah, right. So yeah. like, and, and granted, look, he was already a prospect when he got to Chicago. Chicago bought early, bought him when he was like sixteen mm -hmm. to get yep. in on him early. But I think that you're starting to see clubs around the world look at MLS and say like, I can find value here. Right. Obviously, mm -hmm. the big one was Alfonso Davies moving. Right. Alfonso Davies, I think, changed the way that a lot of teams looked at MLS in terms of being able to transfer in players from yep. the market. And now you've got, you know, Chris Richards right. doing Tra plug and play. Well. Remember. Yeah, remember when they bought Alfonso? They 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 invested in years of him developing at their academy. Sorry to yeah. interrupt, but now it seems like no, it's plug and play. They're buying players that are ready to go into. Well, first that was team the initial position. plan, but the yeah, thing yeah. Is, is he completely he completely jumped the plan because he was so good, mm -hmm. and they didn't realize yeah. how what like they knew he they had a talent, they didn't know they had that kind of talent. Yeah, until yeah. they put him on the pitch and like, holy crap, he's gonna be he's gonna be in the first team faster than we thought. So, but remember how many MLS deals for youngsters used to be that like, yeah. it, oh, he's going, he's going to, to team X, but you know, first he's probably going to have to, you know, play at, at Barca B for a while, the Balu Tablas, the et cetera, et cetera. Yep. That doesn't seem to be happening anymore. No. Right? He's going, he's going to Villa. He's not going to, to Villa reserves. He's going to Villa Villa. Right. Yes. So that does speak to what you're saying that they're looking at finished articles now. Like there's, there's a, there, it, it, it's not like. They're still prospects. They're prospects that that will will kick a ball in anger a lot earlier than they were when the deals were made. For sure, and it yeah. and it, yeah. it also speaks to where MLS is in the sort of broader global footballing mm -hmm. landscape right now. It is mainly a it's still a stepping stone league. It's still a feeder league to Europe. Sure. So you have players from South America coming to MLS to make a step. And then that next step is then to go to Europe because so many clubs in MLS have now developed really good relationships with teams in Europe. Yep. Um, yep. That, that's the case. And look, you're, you're going to see it 
fairly soon, I think, with TFC, uh, with two young players that have been in the news quite a bit. And we're going to talk about mm-hmm. them in our burning questions. But, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, to be and, and just to bring it to a TFC perspective, the TFC have been kind of late to the game on this in a sense that they're in, in outgoing transfers in ingoing yeah. in, or incoming, I should say. TFC kind of led the way for a while, right? In terms of just sure. finding that big sort of splashy signing or finding that player that was really good, but maybe undervalued in Europe, bringing them over here and making them stars. That's Sebastian Javinko, Josie Altador, Michael Bradley, the three of them coming yeah. when they did. Even Jermaine Defoe to a certain extent. Now, of course, Jermaine Defoe was a name. Sure. People knew who he was and Absolutely. he had a long track record. But at that point in his career at Tottenham, he wasn't playing very much, right? So, you know... And then you continue to find that with a Pozuelo, um, and obviously Insigne and Bernadeschi are a bit different because obviously they're well established and in the primes of their career. But mm. you know, you, you in terms of that outbound, I think that's the next step for TFC is to find where they can they can find these players and then get them on um, for profit in, in yep. the future. And that's where MLS is kind of finding itself right now, where they can find a lot of quality <sighs> and they now can convince. And that's the thing. Why, that's why I brought, um, uh, you know, the Stepe Biok from Hayduk Split to LAFC because mm-hmm. now it's you're finding young players from Europe who may not be getting a lot of opportunities to come to MLS and use it as a stepping stone to go back to Europe. And that sure. is that is the next piece. That's really the next next step. Is like you can get guys from Europe who probably could, you know, maybe they're not going to be playing in the Premier League right away or they're going to go mm-hmm. to Spain or Germany right away. But, you know, they're going to maybe get to Belgium or they might get to yep. the Netherlands. And they're seeing or MLS come- as a, a similar Equal. Step. Yeah, yeah a similar step. absolutely. And, and, and uh, you know, it's easy to forget that TFC are doing. I mean, remember Tony Gallagher, but, but uh, you know, where what was the next one, right? When that relationship with Liverpool seemed to exist only for that Tony G deal. And then the, the, and then the, the two, the two sides shall never meet again. That was supposed to be the beginning, or at least I would have liked to have seen it have been the beginning of the partnerships that we're talking about because Liverpool have so many guys on the book between the Academy and, and signings for, for the first team. I mean, they're not Chelsea that just buy every player ever that Arsenal wanted and I hate them, but um, you know, uh, uh, (laughs) probably anyway, the fact that you raise an interesting point, and I think TFC's issue has always been that we believe our own press. Everybody in the world is saying TFC is a hotbed in terms of the market and the access to young talent in the GTA region, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so they've been reluctant to depend on sort of the cast off of other teams when they think that they've got it all solved in the academy which we've sort of seen is maybe not the case or certainly not the case right now. Ooh, so I, I do think there's I a, with you on that. I, I think, I, I think that TFC think would very, love to think, do it in house. We are very impatient with our young players. We, as a, as a fan base, we of are course, incredibly of impatient with them and it's, it's yeah. a little frustrating. Um, and it's simply, and to me, it's frustrating because you're asking like we expected Jaden Nelson to come in at 17 years old and be a star. He's 17. Mm-hmm. Like there's yeah. no like how even in Europe, how many 16, 17 year olds end up being like day in, day out, first team starters in their it doesn't happen, right? And we're asking kind of the same thing of Jaquille Marshall yeah. already. 
And mm-hmm. instead of, you know what, let's just get the burning questions because it's getting to burning questions because it's, it's right yeah. there. Um, yeah, let's but, do it. you know, in, in terms of that, it, it's going to. So here's the burning question. This comes from Vince. And he's, he asked, if you guys uh, could give a percentage on JMR and Jaden Nelson transfers, what would you give them? Also, in your own opinions, what is JMR's best position? This up from Vince. So before hmm. uh, and, and I will get you in on this. Jeff, yeah, but I just want to say right there, that yeah. do I if it were up to me, neither player would be transferred this season. I don't see a need to necessarily push them out the door right now. They don't no, because I right agree. now you you built you've built enough depth kind of around those players where they're not mm-hmm. gonna have to be relied on to be day in, day out starters like they were at the start of last season. So you can allow them to continue to develop and build in training. You know, maybe even if you do have to send them down to TFC two once in a while just to get sharp and get minutes, that's okay. Um, you probably Jaden's probably a little further ahead in that trajectory in terms of probably being one of the first players off the bench. Again, that's okay. I don't see a need unless you. I mean, look if if somebody from Europe comes in and gives you a couple million dollars for Jaden Nelson you know, 5 million, let's say mm-hmm. 6 million. Okay, fine. You take the money. I, I get that. But if it's, mm-hmm. if it's not that kind of deal, and it doesn't sound like that kind of money is coming in right now for them, then yeah. why are we, why are we so eager to push them out the door right now? I, you know, if we're talking purely for club's benefit, I agree with you 100%, but there's, there's a variable that we don't know. And that is, do they want to be here? And it's, and we can't answer that. Um, and I don't even want to speculate if they want to be here or not. But if they don't, and it doesn't, it 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 doesn't need to be as overt as a trade request. It could be as simple as, you know, the attitude around the training pitch. You know, they've been they've been with the they've been with the team long enough that I'm sure if there is a precipitous change in attitude and commitment, they'll know. Someone will know. So you know, is it? Do they want to be here? Um, do they think that they're too good for where they are with the team? Ah, okay, but that I see again, and I'm speculating, and I don't want to yeah, speculate. There's nothing yeah, that but, indicates but, that they are. But that that's that's without speculating, which I said I wasn't going to do, and I did anyway. That's the variable that that I don't want to get into, right? Which is it may not be as a simple uh, an equation, right? Um, I don't think TFC. I agree with you. I don't think TFC should sell any of them. I don't think TFC should be selling anybody right now unless yeah. it's somebody, you know, you know, especially like our two hot prospects. Um JMR his ideal position unfortunately I want a modern attacking fullback out of that guy and mostly because that's what better scouts saw in him. Um and I I'm not foolish enough to counter the wisdom of you know, top level scouting talent. If that's where they see him in the modern game, um, then, and I don't think the book is closed on that experiment. He didn't get enough minutes there to, to say either, either not. It's also a position of need right now. So no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay, play him in his natural position. I would convert him. And again, you know, a lot of players at around this age, give up their natural positions. I mean, what were we talking about? Position. Yeah. Weren't we talking yeah. about this at a certain, at, you know, at a, you know, when you go back far enough, they were all strikers, right? Because they were just so much better than anybody else. They were yeah. scoring goals for fun. And then as the, as they specialized and got used to tactics, right. You know, while they still had sponge brains, well, JMR is a sponge brain right now. So 
you know, there is no natural position. And if, and if everybody's saying that this guy's an attacking fullback, he's an attacking fullback. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I think we can put that to bed. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think they should sell either, but do I think that's going to happen? Especially when we're selling off the Schaffelbergs and the Petrosos that we need? Absolutely not. I, I, I can't make heads or tails of what's going on with this, with this front office. I, I think I've made that perfectly clear over this episode. Yeah. And I'm so, having trouble understanding our transfer <laughs> strategy. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Vince, I mean, like to answer your question, mm. I think the percentage is probably 50-50 on both players. Like just just mm. taking my own personal view aside and just looking at sort of what has been happening um, with the club, it's 50-50. Um, yeah. You know, in terms of JMR's best position, I do agree with Jeff. I think it is right wing back. I know a lot of people want to see him as a winger. One, you have Frederico Bernadeschi there, and as long as he's playing there, yeah. JMR's not playing there. That's he's not one. playing there. Yeah, and two, I think... The, the And you mentioned this earlier, Jeff, and I'm glad you brought it up, but modern football right now, the way that it's being played, wingbacks so are they're so important. The way that they so help important. build play, the, you know, the reason why Alfonso Davies is better as a left wing back right now than a winger is simply because he can impact the play a lot more from yeah. a left wing back yeah. position than he can be isolated as a winger. So, you know, from that perspective, I, I, I think that, that's right now where his best position is. That doesn't mean to say that he can't spell minutes for Frederico at right wing if need be. But I think right now, right wing back and and look, he gets he gets an opportunity to learn under Richie Larea. You know, that's a pretty good person to be learning the the craft under when you have and link up with Federico Bernadeschi, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So he's got an opportunity yeah. to, to yeah. learn quite a bit um, if he mm. gets to do that and stay. But again, look if. Like you said, if Liverpool comes in and they're willing to give us ten million dollars for him, sure, all right. Like, yeah, you take the money and, and you and you go and, and you try. And to you talked this about this, yeah, yeah. And you you talked about this with Mike last weekend, and you said the 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 counter argument is, you know, if you hold on to him for a year, you could get more. That's a vicious cycle because you know you got to know when to hold him and you got to know when to fold him, right? And sometimes you got to know when to walk away. <laughs> the thing is is that if liver if liverpool comes with 10 mil right now you don't go well why don't we wait a year for the no, 20 mil because i agree you 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 take that 10 you take that 10 every time right well, that's what i meant earlier um, right like if, if somebody's yeah. saying hey it's 5 million then okay hold on wait a minute if we just valued him at 20 last year okay yeah right and and you're and you're saying hey you know what we can get more what's the you know the harm in waiting is is what you know he was an academy player right like he's, yeah. he's somebody yeah. that yes you spent money on developing but generally speaking you didn't have to go and spend a transfer fee on not on yeah. super high wages they don't even Nathan, count as a home Nathan's right. player right like Nathan's right. He, you know, you keep saying take money and he's right. MLSE doesn't need more money. There's no guarantee that that 10 mil will be reinvested into another JMR, right? There's no guarantee that that 10 mil goes into like a new well, wing. The 10 the mil will help TFC quite right? a bit. Like I, I know, and again, we talked about this last week, so I don't want to get into a big thing about mm. it, but the difference between MLSE having a lot of money and TFC's budget are two very different things. Right? And that's and, a fair that point. 10 million if they, would go it, yeah. help a lot for TFC. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't bypass TFC to go. I mean, first it goes to MLS, then it goes to TFC and then, you know, but well, it, as a homegrown not, signing, no, yeah. TFC keep the entire thing. TFC no, no, but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying the check doesn't get directly mailed to the MLSE offices. Like TFC still has yeah, something TFC to do with that money. Right. Well, so, they get all so, of it. Yeah, right? I, like, so yeah, 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 exactly. Um, exactly. 
Okay, so we'll go to the next burning question here. And this, again, goes into our mm. earlier conversation. Um, our friend Chris Fong, who's already chimed in on the show, uh, just asked, does Bob Bradley get a full season? If not, how early should the trigger be pulled if the team isn't trending in the right direction? Um, Jeff, I'll let you start off with this and your thoughts. It's tough, man. It's tough, you know, because the Arsenal me is like, super Mick Arteta, let's give him all the time he needs. But... He's not a young, as young a man as Mikel Arteta. Um, and, you know, I think two years as bottom dwellers with the amount of budget that we have and the window to win that we have with, with our top line talent is enough on a failed experiment. Because my worry is, you know, with cult of personality managers, you find that when they inevitably leave – you're left with a roster of their guys, right? And so, you know, if all we're doing is signing more and more Bob guys, but the results remain the same, there has to be a point where you're like, no more Bob guys. And if that means no more Bob, so be it, right? Because you don't want to end up 100% in the lose column. You know, somebody has to, somebody has to get on a lifeboat at a certain point. I don't necessarily know where that is. I don't. And the arsenal in me is probably a lot more forgiving than a lot a lot of people right now. I, I will say this, you know, he's been sacked for less. You know, and you don't have to you don't have to look at Swansea City. I mean, there he's been sacked for less. Um but you know, sitting here on objectively, does 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 he does he get two years? Probably. I will say this though, you know. I, I don't know if I say it better than I already said it. If everything is revolving around Bob guys and nothing changes, somebody's got to write the ship. And let's not do it when we're resting at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Well, that's, but here's that's the my thing. fear. So here's my thing. Mm-hmm. I think Bob would get this season and the full season unless, and the caveat is, we're bottom of the East again. If we're bottom of the East again by, let's say, Let's say by league, maybe even league's cup. Let's just say by the time you break mm-hmm. for league's cup, and say league's cup doesn't go well, so you get knocked out in the first round or second, round, <laughs> right? Let's just, okay. let's just say, right? Like, like yeah, let's yeah. be honest, that's that's a possibility. Then I think maybe Bill and the board have a have a think about it. And I, here's the I, thing, I, I but agree here's with the thing because too. the yeah yeah. But here's the thing too: the board may have to start having a think about Bill. Right. Like, like I, and I don't, and I, like, I think I, they go together. I, I think, I think you, if Bob, that if, would if, be if, the logical thing. Cause like at this point, this would now be the second manager that he's brought in. Right. And yeah. to, to sort of write the ship. And the first one didn't even last five months, not barely five months um, yeah, yeah. or 11 games. And this one goes a year and at that point, maybe a half. Um, and at that point, the board maybe start asking, asking some questions because as people have mentioned, you do have a limited time window with Insigne, mainly Insigne. Yeah, very, very, has a, a bit very, of a longer window. A, a bit of a, a longer bit of a window, yeah. long window, but, but I yeah. mean, you know, you've got them both for a certain amount of time and you have a window in which to compete yep. with those players. And if you are bottom of the East again, and, and not just bottom of the East, but as dreadful as they were defensively. Mm-hmm. Then you see, you see, you for really me, it's not a, I think and, you start and, thinking about pulling the trigger and I, you know, it will happen based on knee jerk surface level stuff because it always does that way. But for me, 
the real deciding factor is do i see more tactical adaptability do i see a more coherent team shape mm. you know if we're bottom of the east but there's 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 a there's a culture going on that i can get behind i i don't think it's going to happen because by that because point you, you're bottom of the east the inertia of the, things aren't happening right yeah, like yeah. It, it isn't happening and the inertia of the fan outrage is going to be so profound that it's just not they're not going to be able to avoid it anymore and that's usually when managers get sacked in the court of public opinion more unless roman abramovich is 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 the owner of your club but like um yeah i you know i again it's a tough question for me because sitting where i am with with my with my one of my other great club team loves you, you know patience is a virtue I don't necessarily think it is here. And I do think I would rather TFC pull the plug on this, you know, uh, put their hands aloft and say, yeah, we, we messed up earlier rather than later, because I do not want to end up with a team of Bob Bradley guys with no Bob Bradley. And I, and I'm, I'm, I'm worried that that may be an eventuality. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I, again, um, we're not doing preseason picks yet or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We're that closer to the start of the season. But as I said earlier, as I look at this mm-hmm. team right now, I, I hesitate to say if this is a for sure playoff team, I think it can compete for a playoff spot. Um, but is this a, for sure, like a team that is going to make the playoffs until I see more signings come in right now is just too early to tell. Um, and, mm-hmm. and again, if this team come June, July, you know, are near bottom of the East and look as disjointed as they did before the signings came in. Yeah, there's no, there's and no, even, and it. even after the signings, after the sort of initial high of bringing those players in, um, mm-hmm. then I think you need to really have a question about whether or not Bob Bradley should still be involved with the club. I agree. Uh, I think and, that's and a fair assessment. Conversations we'll have. Uh, last burning question. I just threw this in there for, for a little uh, giggles. Um, but, uh tfc and you asked and based on sort of the black i guess i assume this question is be based on the lack of signings from tfc so maybe this is a bit of tongue-in-cheek but should mm. forge fc be favorites or considered favorites for the voyagers cup this coming season obviously <laughs> um, they they played each other in the long delayed 2020 final last year and pushed tfc to the limit um took mm. penalties obviously tfc won in penalties um, you know, right now, Vancouver are cr- the current Bees Cup holders. If you haven't, uh, if you don't remember, um, I choose not to remember, you know, or yeah, choose not yeah. to remember exactly. <laughs> Should they be favorites? Uh, long story, no, because I don't know who plays for that team right now because they haven't released the <laughs> roster update since the final. So, who knows who That's plays fair. for that team right now? That's fair. Listen, I love the Voyagers Cup. I, 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 I say it every time it comes up in passing. I absolutely love it. It's such a great cup competition i'm so happy it's ours i love it i love watching cpl squads league one ontario squads. i love it i love 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 love, love it more 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 do i think a cpl team is going to win it this cycle not yet i think i think the i think it's getting closer and closer and i think we will see within probably the next five years maximum a cpl team hoist the voyagers cup i do think mm. so i think it's going in that direction certainly within 10 but i'd be willing i'd be willing to bet pretty heavy on within five i just i just see it happening um because it's 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 tournament ball you know it, it's it's one game and you're done uh but yeah 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't see it happening this year. And, and like Mike says, I don't know who's on their roster beyond Kyle Becker because he's always hey, on their roster. You know, you know, everybody signed to a multi-year contract, whatever that means. <laughs> whatever that but, means. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, but uh, you know, it, it, yeah. It, to to your point, I do think that um, you know, just a, a, as a fun sort of thought exercise. Yes, of course. Um, for the Voyagers Cup, we could see a, a CPL team take it um, at some point. But right now, MLS teams are still going to take that tournament quite seriously, at least once they mm-hmm. start getting to like the deeper stages, um, when you start getting to, court, to, to semis and things like that, as the tournament continues to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to, you know, they're going to feel the least amount of Canadians as possible, um, which is sad. Um, because yeah. they're going to, they're going to load up, you know, Montreal, Vancouver, and Toronto are going to load up their, their 11s with their best players and try to win the thing. But, um, giant killings, 100% can happen, um, in that cup yep. tournament. Yep. And, uh, you know, am I going to, especially when neither, people? when all three of the teams aren't giants presently. Yeah. Well, um, exactly. It happened. It happened. Axis of evil is calling us too negative. Which I don't know if it's ever happened before, so I have to apologize. Sorry, Axis of Evil. We will we will bring, we'll be here with bells on next week. I just you know I haven't I, I've missed well you know I missed last week's return and and I've been I've been sitting on some uh, sitting on some bad vibes and and. I, I needed to get them off my chest, and but look, I appreciate I, you keeping us honest. Well, Axis, I will. I will say this. Um, I think from a from a overall talent perspective, the team is better this year. Like that's clear. Uh, I, the question I think a lot of people have is, what is this eleven really going to look like? And will there be enough time for this team to gel before opening day? There'll be more signings coming in. Clearly, that is going to happen. It's just who um, and. What does that look like? And do you have enough time or, or are you kind of going to be okay with this team gelling over the first couple, maybe even first month of the regular season, which again, you don't want to be throwing away early points because, you know, honestly that those early points that got away from us at the beginning of the season kind of, and I think that's told true at I, the end of the season when we were chasing, that I think final that's, playoff spot. that's the real rub there is that it's, it, there's too much recency bias, but you know how much happier we'd be both emotionally and, and mentally if we just abandoned all hope of a per, of a proper squad in any preseason ever. I think if we just said, you know what, it's MLS, we'll just centers it and we'll be fine, like just just you know, et cetera, et cetera, until the summertime. We'd be so much happier. But but yeah, yeah, uh, you know, we're looking at another offseason where we, we don't we don't quite have it all figured out. And I think it's I think it's simply the fact that last offseason and what happened uh, is too is too fresh in our minds for us to you know take it take this one lying down so to speak. For sure, for sure. And with that, let's close it out. <laughs> no. Nice. Thank you again for listening to another episode of uh, Toronto Till I Die. Of course, we appreciate you all uh, tuning in live, or if you're listening to this on podcast version, um, downloading and listening. We will be back next Monday again. Please subscribe to the new channels, uh, YouTube, uh, a wherever you get your podcast. Just search Toronto Till I Die. Subscribe. Hit all the bells and all the notifications uh and uh definitely be a big help for us <laughs> um but for jeffrey p nesker i'm mike newell That's thanks me. for listening and we'll see you next week cheers everybody cheers let me hit that and wait and wait and baby i'm tfc till i die